I imagine that we have all had one of those classic anxiety dreams, like the one in which it's time to take the final exam and you realize you haven't been to class all semester, you are completely unprepared. It's funny how we can still have a version of that dream no matter how many years we've been out of school. And there are several other common anxiety dreams ranging from your teeth falling out to being late for something important. And I think every profession has its own version, too. Episcopal priests, for example, are prone to dreaming that the service is about to start, the organ prelude has finished, we're up here in front of everyone flipping through our prayer book and it's impossible to find the right page in order to start the service. Always fun to wake up from one of those, especially on a Sunday morning. Now, maybe I shouldn't tell you this, so let's just keep it between us. The other night, I had my first anxiety dream about the master planning process at Christ Church. In the dream, I had placed a screen up here in the choir area to show PowerPoint slides about the project. The church was packed, and it was time to start the presentation. I tried everything, but of course, I could not get the tech to work. So I decided to wing it without the visuals, and I was headed over to the lectern to start talking. But as I tried to walk over there, a little bit like walking through molasses, I kept getting interrupted by all manner of things. It was taking so long that people started to wander out. Now, I woke up and I had two thoughts. First, never put a screen and a projector in this space. (laughs) And second, the planning process reboot must be gaining some momentum now that it's deep in my consciousness and soon to be in all of ours, I hope. And that's a good thing. The dreaming about Christchurch that we will do together in our waking hours will be vitally important for the future ministry and mission of this church. Now, I mention this about dreams because, you see, Pentecost is a day for dreaming in the church. What began as a dramatic event launched the church into a dream project. Now, Pentecost, as described in the book of Acts, it was dramatic. The Spirit arrived as a violent wind, tongues of fire descended on the disciples, animating them to launch the church. They preached in languages they did not know, and people heard the news in their own language. 3,000 people were baptized that day. The Spirit arrived. And the good news of God and Christ spread out with a newfound boldness. Peter stood up to explain all of this to those watching in wonder. It was his first sermon, and I imagine he had dreams later about not being able to find his place in the prayer book. But for his first proclamation, he turned to the prophet Joel. Joel once said that when the Spirit arrives... Sons and daughters shall prophesy, young men will see visions, old men shall dream dreams. When the Spirit comes, it is time to dream. 
Dreams are not only about our fears and anxieties, although it is important to name those. These days can feel overwhelming with those. But dreams are also about prophecy and visions. So what shall we prophesy? Prophecy calls out that which is broken, which the Spirit compels us to name. And what visions will we see? Visions are gifts that come to us about how the world could be in our lives, in our communities, in the world. Dreams, well, those are about our deepest longings and what God longs for, too. Our dreams are part of God's dream. Prophecy, visions, and dreams, said Joel. Whenever the Spirit arrives, that is the holy work at hand. And it's work that we do together, enlivened by the Spirit as the people of God. So let's dream about the ways in which the Spirit will push us out these doors and empower us to take the gospel farther than it has gone before. There are a lot of places to start. Let's dream about a world in which gun violence is eliminated and loneliness is overcome. Let's dream about a world in which poverty is eradicated and all kinds of shackles broken. Let's dream about a world in which racism is dismantled and our ecosystems are restored to their Garden of Eden glory. Let's dream about a world in which people hear in their own language the good news that they are included in God's saving grace, or in the words of the prophet Joel, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that might sound like a pipe dream to some, but it is the stuff of the prophets and the earliest church, and it is our inheritance. And we don't dream alone. On Pentecost, the Spirit came as our guide, teacher, intercessor, advocate, comforter. The Spirit abides with us still and sends us out to make our sacred dream a reality. Now, you'll hear a lot more about our master plan in the coming months, everything from HVAC units to how to improve our spaces for the ministry to which God calls us, It will be important for us not to get too lost in the mechanical and plumbing issues, but to stay close to the dream work of Pentecost. And it will be important for us to call upon the Spirit to guide and empower us, not just as a group in a building, but as the church in the world. Now, as a lovely reminder that Pentecost is not only about long-range planning, but also about more immediate joy, on this Pentecost, we welcome a new dreamer into the church. Kamala is about to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would like to draw our attention to the fact that she will also be sealed by the Holy Spirit. She'll be a dreamer for life called with us to help repair the world and take the gospel farther than it's ever been. As she grows, she'll learn from from us how to do some of that, and there will be things that she teaches us, too. That all begins today, 
as we welcome her and pray over her. May her anxiety dreams be infrequent and her master plans effective. And with Kamala, may we all dream boldly in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.